Well, hello, everybody. It's Dell Shores. And I'm Emerson Collins, and this is the Dell and Emerson Show. How about that up music? I feel Your like- Your line is straight talk. Oh, I was too excited. I was too excited. Okay, one more time. Hi, everybody. I'm Dell Shores. And I'm Emerson Collins, and this is the Dell and Emerson Show. Straight talk. Real gay. Oh, my God. I came too early. Well, you know, it happens. I feel like they make things to slow that down. It's a premature ejaculation of uh, of the show. Thank you, uh, Brent, W. Brent Sawyer, for our new little theme there at the front. It just makes it all exciting. Yes, to those of you listening later on iTunes, you won't hear it because it gets cut off. But we play Brent's new hold music as everybody gathers around for the live show. Thank you, Brent, for that. It's delightful. Did everybody else enjoy it, I hope? It made us seem so professional. Well, if you didn't, don't say anything because it would be awkward. He's in the chat room. Uh. (laughs) We do have a fun show today. We'll get into Biden's speech. We've got so many in our bills, bills, bills. Polyamory, bathroom bigots, Ricky Martin, new gay bars, Rick's Santorum, a man with 35 girlfriends, and we're going to end it talking about Jesus's foreskin. You're welcome. <laughs> yes. Uh, those last two, those are the teasers. You know how they always save the best for last, so you'll just stay till the end. So That's right. We save the funnest ones for the very end, so you have to stick it all the way through. Stick it, yes. Oh my God, it's just a sexual show already. Well, um, you know, start well, that way, end that way. Well, hello, Emerson Collins. It's good to see you one more time. I saw you earlier today. We had fun little thing that we had to do. We um, can say what that is, right? That's not yeah, right. we can. Um, we uh, Emerson and I collaborated on a, a, a one-man play that I did that he directed that Matt Hayes produced with us called Six Characters in Search of a Play. And uh, we have distribution. Uh, Breaking Glass Pictures is is distributing it. It's coming out. It's already on Broadway HD and Deku right now, but it's going to be streaming everywhere and we're going to have DVDs and all that kind of shit. So uh, stay tuned. And when it's released, we will let you know. So what we were doing today was recording the extra features, the little bonus materials. just a little chatting about the process and it was really fun and get to have Matt be featured since he worked so hard uh, producing that for us. So when you order your hard copy DVD of the movie, you'll get to see those. Yes, you will. Well, what did you think of Biden's speech? You know what? I enjoyed it. And you know, everybody, oh, he's so low energy. I just thought it was nice and conversational. And uh, you know, it's not his fault that Ted Cruz doesn't, you know, he must eat turkey every day for lunch. Uh, so, what? but I enjoyed the speech. What? what? What are you? Who? Ted Cruz must eat turkey every day. So, uh, it, I did not think this the 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 uh, the speech was a snoozer, like some people were saying on Twitter and such. I actually enjoyed it and listened to it and thought it was it was uh, it was good. Um, so, it's interesting always when you hear the uh the opinions and how they come in and well he's spending so much money and blah 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 and so i go well let's just see let's just keep waiting and and seeing you know um Uh what yes i'm done oh okay that's just well i thought the content of the speech was actually really interesting um I was impressed by how many issues he sort of swung for the fences on. You think about $15 minimum wage, four years of free school that includes pre-K and community college, you know, coming at pharmaceutical companies for prescription price, prescription prices, talking about climate change from the perspective of uh, creating jobs, not just, you know, limiting business, talking about trickle-down economics never worked addressing George Floyd, systemic racism, and then you get to our community and specifically talking about the Equality Act. And I believe the first person ever in that environment to say, because let me find the quote, I to all these transgender Americans watching at home, especially young people who are so brave, I want you to know your president has your back. It I was- mean, 
I was impressed because it felt more progressive than I expected. You know, I think a lot of progressive issues with electing Biden, with getting behind Biden as a candidate was, will you go hard enough? And this felt like far more left and progressive on these substantive issues than I expected. You know, it reminded me, that that piece of it reminded me, and I remember where I was, I was standing in my kitchen and the CNN was on when Obama, when President Obama said that he he supported gay marriage. And I, I just thought of all the the kids that were living in, in, in shame in those pews that we grew up in at, at that point. And that's what I, I thought of again. And and our, our, our good friends who are, are watching all of these states just slam, slam, slam the trans community. And to hear our president say that, I thought was quite meaningful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I was trying to find that thing where you made that face to me earlier. I didn't realize you were gonna start with Ted Cruz and I was trying to find this clip to go along with it. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, I always get out of order and I apologize. Oh. There's no order. You don't need to apologize. You can talk about it in whatever order All you right, want. Well, Jesus has this foreskin. That, no. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just going to jump from Biden to Jesus. But wait, I have the video from what you shared uh, for those who missed it. This moment uh, of Ted Cruz just getting some Z's. And watch it again, because look at how slow his eyes open. It looks like he's a little possessed. Oh, oh, there they go. <laughs> and then he and then he went on Fox and said how boring the speech was to justify as he's just trending in the most horrendous way. Uh, it was he's just such a tool, just yeah. such a tool. And, yeah. you know, I don't mean to be I don't mean I, I don't mean to fat shame him. But we, here's the, here's the what I do believe like, and I want to tell all of you when I put on 40 pounds, I'm going to change all my pictures. I'm, I'm not going to present myself on social media on anything as, as, as what I was. I want to be as I is, as I am. <laughs> I want to tell everyone that I will not, I will be like an early eighties soap star using a glamor shot with a Vaseline <laughs> filter on the book jacket from 60 years ago. You're going to do that. I know the, the one. It's that Carol Channing. Yes. She used it from set. So she used it from like 52 to 100. Yes. I will be doing the same. I'm already starting. I'm just going to like, by the end, I'm just going to look like maybe two eyes and then like a blurry background. I want people to say, good Lord, Dale Shores is put on. I just want to be gossiped about. Uh, wasn't it Doris Day who like went to her house in Malibu or whatever and never appeared again? I'm going to do that. So that you're only ever going to see the photo. You're like, Emerson is holding up well. Well, yeah, that picture is 40 years old. <laughs> they will know. I will go quietly into that good night. Um, okay. Yes. We could do the show and just like, you could just uh, dub it like those Japanese movies. Oh, <laughs> like yes. when we get too old, maybe we just put this up and, you know, the lips will be moving, but we'll still look good. Blake has a much better webcam I could use for the live version of this show that I refuse to because I like the soft focus of my laptop camera. Oh, it does my. not require as much preparation. Um, hold on, let's get, we did ask the people what they thought about the speech. I want to share some of y'all's opinions. Um, Rob said it was normal sounding, which hasn't happened in four years. And that was the thing, to your point, people who said it was boring, you know, with Stephen Miller or whoever said this was just a laundry list. I showed, you asked me the other day, was I excited? And I said, no. And I meant it because of that. I want reasonable, thoughtful government. I don't want to show up for a speech by the leader of our nation and expect some like non-sensory to cause a flurry of headlines. I want ambitious programs. Rosemary said, I like Biden's speech. He addressed so many things right out of the gate. I was just rolling on that Stephen Miller. I just, I said, I said, when did he come out of his crib? I thought he was, uh, we were done with that cadaver. I we mean, uh-uh. No. Dana said, this president has an incredible capacity for work. John said, the country's moving left in a real hurry because COVID woke everybody up. 
I think there's definitely some truth to that. And, but here's the, th my only thing is it's great. You want to do all those programs. He talked about the Equality Act, the Violence Against Women Act, the uh, John Lewis Voting Rights Act. But when we look at that 50-50 Senate and Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema and whoever, they may drag their feet on various issues and Kamala Harris saying they don't want to override the parliamentarian and we don't want to get rid of the filibuster. None of those things will be achievable if they don't consider uh, wiping the filibuster and forcing things through. And if we don't, in two years, you often lose seats at the, you know, a year and a half at the midterm election. This is the time to do these things and they do have the tools. So the platitudes and wide-eyed vision are great, but like knuckling down and doing the ugly work to pass those things is what has to happen now. Pack the coals, pack the coals. <laughs> Say, pack it. Um, all right, well, and speaking of courts, what we do here is the LGBTQ news and nonsense. And I wanna keep y'all updated. There are so many bills. A lot of sessions are heading towards their uh, summer hiatus end, et cetera. So there is a bunch of movement on these bills we've been watching. In West Virginia on Wednesday, Governor Jim Justice signed their bill banning trans students from school sports into law. Then today, he made the mistake of going on MSNBC and Stephanie Rule mopped the floor with him. She said, can you give a single example in your state of West Virginia of this being a problem anywhere? He said, well, no, but as a coach. And then she said, when you're among the worst in the nation on economy, education, healthcare, and infrastructure, and this is something you choose to focus on, he got so flustered. He basically said he thought there were only 12 trans teens in his state, like just a big pile of mush. Uh, which was lovely, but it is still a law that we will now have to fight in courts. Oh. And then down in Florida, where I told you the other day, it looked like it was going to die because of the NCAA statement. Well, Republicans want to be bigots so badly, they added it as an amendment to a charter, skills bill, charter schools bill, and it passed, and it is on its way to Ron DeSantis' desk to sign. So we thought it was going to disappear. They tacked it on as an amendment, he said he's going to sign it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. They're well, already talking about him running with old What's-His-Face in 2024 because he's doing so well being a bigot down there. Who, who, What's-His-Face who? Oh, you, oh, the, oh the, the, the former uh, that, that former one. Yep. I thought maybe the one that was under him, number two, number two, uh, uh, no. who, who is yep. now acting like he might run. And I, I was like, who is he again? Please explain. Not familiar. Um, and then in Pennsylvania, positive news, Governor Tom Wolf there promised once again he won't sign it if the Republicans there get it to his desk. And then in Alabama, after passing their anti-trans sports bill, Governor Kay Ivey just signed a bill to repeal the state's requirement that sex education in schools teach homosexuality is unacceptable, unhealthy, and illegal. So that's like sort of positive, but it's bonkers because back in 1992, Alabama passed a law that included saying that sex education had to have an emphasis that homosexuality is not a lifestyle acceptable to the general public. Like they wrote that in a law. They just said, if they're going to say anything about it, you got to know it is not generally acceptable. You know, Emerson, if I were living there in Montgomery, if that is not a reason to move. I don't know what it is. I know. Uh, I was really thinking about it and reading that story about Alabama. And y'all, you know, I've been working on, I'm giving, I'm doing my small donations still uh, every week to a different organization. And so this week, after looking at that, I picked an organization I'm just going to share with y'all real fast out of Alabama. Uh, the Knights and Orchids Society uh, works specifically with the TLGB community in Alabama, where, of course, all, a lot of this stuff is targeting. So that's who I made my little donation to this week. If you want to join me, it's TKOsociety.com. Because, you know, we joke about people living and why would you stay? But these are the organizations right there on the ground doing the hard work um, that are being beaten up by these legislation as they get passed. So if you got some money you want to spare, uh, toss them a few dollars. That's what I did. Yes. And um, y'all remember uh, Chris Adig, the father of the trans son who testified in Arkansas back in March against anti-trans health care bill 
it eventually passed. But he gave his prepared testimony defending the rights of trans minors who need gender affirming care. And he said to trans youth, no matter what happens here today, you are loved. You are loved. Now, at the two minute mark, he was told your time is up. And he wanted to finish his prepared speech. So he just kept talking. I like him already. That's exactly what I would do. They cut, yeah. him, off. They cut him off. They cut off his mic. They just dead, but, mm, they unplugged it. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm just seeing that one of those mics with a cord and it just like somebody just, somebody yanked. Republic just, just yanked it out. And but he kept going. He's like projecting. You know, using his the the voice that he learned in speech and drama, and uh -huh. then he was escorted out of the. He is so my hero. Escorted out of the building, and they just all sat silently. Uh, he was then taken to jail for several hours, y'all. This is Arkansas, and now faces a charge for disorderly conduct for speaking which I think that he's going to get a good lawyer. ACLU is going to come in and free speech. I'm not sure that they, they can get away with this. But um, anyway, oh, oh, he said that representatives from Alliance Defending Freedom and Family Research Council were allowed to talk up to 40 minutes, but all the opponents, this is how bigot, they're just bigots. They all had a two-minute limit for anybody who opposed. So he told Nico Lang of uh, them, whether or not these laws are targeted at someone above or below the age of 18, the singular message that they send is that it is okay to bully and persecute people who are trans. It says the legislature is doing it. Why can't I? So that, that, that literally, that is the example that these grown men and women are sending to our youth to bully our trans kids, it's just appalling. So, and, and gotta give Chris a big applause right here. I mean, I just, I, I am so impressed with what he did. Yep. Well, and thinking about him and Miss Briggle that we talked about in Texas and all these parents, you know, of trans kids that just want the world to be safe for their kid that are stepping up and speaking out. Cause Chris's son is, is 22 now. Um, but like thinking about what that means to show up and try to defend the existence and humanity and equality of your child to a government that is set on invalidating it. You know, they, they passed that one in Texas out of either the Senate or the House, I forget which. Uh, so that journey is continuing despite the testimonies we've covered there. I mean, it is just so much. It is, they, you know, it's like they took, it's like all the fear mongering, those bigots keep finding what these, weird wedge issues that they can use to flame up other bigots because they don't know the people they're pandering to don't know what they're talking about you know from same-sex marriage to bathroom bills to now these sports bills there are too many bigots too many small-minded people who don't know a trans person and so they get this information and they hear these these this existential threat they're being presented with and get on board they don't really care about this. It's just a great thing they can use to keep those people in their camp and fired up about something. And these kids are paying the price. Yeah. yeah. We'll keep sharing, but once again, if you're in one of these states, check, check your local legislature um, and make sure you know what's happening on these bills in your state because there are so many, so many places um, we can all do what our little part, wherever we are. And, and I, I, you know, and Emerson, you said we're going to keep reporting on this and we're going to keep telling these stories, but also we're going to keep fighting on your behalf. We are, we, that, that's, that, we, 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 we all have to come together. All the letters of the LGBTQI, all of them have to come and, and our allies come together and support our trans youth and our trans brothers and sisters. Yeah. And their parents and the doctors who help them, the medically qualified doctors that, you know, Yes, all of it. Um, okay, and other in interesting conversation news, for our live viewers, to those of you listening later on iTunes and Pandora and Spotify, hello. But for our live viewers, do we have anybody in the comments section uh, that considers themselves or identifies as polyamorous? Because uh, this next story, uh, Red Table Talk, you know, is the big show that Jada Pinkett Smith does with her mother. And this week on Wednesday, she had her daughter. So three gen generations of Smith women, her daughter, of course, who's a singer, 
uh, on the show and Willow Smith was talking about her decision to be polyamorous. She said she felt like the main foundation of polyamory is the freedom to be able to create a relationship style that works for you. She also talked about seeing one of the main reasons marriages don't work and divorce happens is because of infidelity. She said, in my friend group, I'm the only polyamorous person and I have the least sex out of all my friends. Making the point that polyamory isn't about needing to have sex with just anybody and too many people and all the time. Um, Jada talked about accepting her daughter coming out as polyamorous. And she said, wanting to set up your life in a way that you can have what it is that you want, I think anything goes as long as the intentions are clear. She said about monogamy should be a choice. She said, that's the only part about marriage today and monogamy that I think is antiquated. That monogamy has to be your choice. It can't be because I'm told I'm supposed to do it this way. That, my dear, is deeply antiquated and no longer works. Willow also said she can't see herself getting married because the history of marriage irks her, especially it's history for women. But she did understand getting married to a partner to further a common goal, like sharing finances. But she believes she would practice polyamory in her future relationships. Another uh, black bi author, Gabriella Alexa Noel, who I actually found and followed on Twitter before all of this, appeared on the episode and talked about being polyamorous as well. So I thought it was very interesting. What do you think about it? Well, what I think, um, it's it's interesting because, I mean, there was the whole little scandal with uh, Jada, uh, you know, I believe it was earlier this year, and there have been uh, talks about their marriage, and it feels like to me that Willow is, is speaking loudly and that Jada's kind of agreeing with her. So, uh, you know, not to fuel rumors or anything, but it, it does feel like Jada is making a statement within that as well. Well, I really enjoyed the part where whatever you choose, like if you choose monogamy, if that's the life that you wanna live with the partner you choose, the life you make, that it should be a choice. I loved that because I do think there's an element of if you are adhering to relationship standards, to like heteronormative historical, you know, virgin until marriage and sex with one person till the day you die out of obligation, that is more likely to lead to problems when you understand that we are all flawed people and relationships are hard even when they're great. Um, so I liked that, that like if you choose monogamy, you should be choosing monogamy, not because it's what's expected of you. Yes, yes, and, and being a virgin. I mean, yeah, we've, we, 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 the, the progression of it over the years and, and I think the gay community, quite frankly, I mean, the, not uh, the, the gay male community that I know of, it feels like to me a lot of relationships work just fine by not being monogamous. Right. Um, yeah, well, and there, there's something interesting, right, that happens when you throw off heteronormative expectations of what married relationship life should look like and open yourself to it considering other possibilities, whether you choose them or not, you're making a choice wherever you land. Now there's also the flip side, people who like wanna be open just because they can't, uh, they, they, they don't have impulse control, but that's a different issue than choosing uh, to be polyamorous. Yeah, and there's also the, the, the boredom. I mean, you know, there is boredom. I mean, within uh, couples I know, I mean, I was talking to a very, some, some good friends and, and they were like, you know, maybe it's time to open up a, re a relationship because we've been together for a while and uh, they, they love each other deeply and I'm like, Hey, yeah. Give me a call. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kelly asked, "Is polyamorous the same as pansexual?" No. Polyamorous is the uh, ability in your romantic life to have more than one partner at the same time. Pansexual uh -huh. is allowing yourself to be attracted to the full spectrum of gender identities. So, pansexual is about who. Polyamorous is about how many. And within that, you could be gay and polyamorous. You could be bi or pan. And polyamorous. Does that make sense, Kelly? Uh -huh. Pan and polyamorous seems to be, you know, a lot of choices there. Just, yeah. But it's interesting. Well, so Matt, let's say Matt said, I've been in an open relationship for the past 22 years. Not for everyone, but it has worked out beautifully for my husband and me. Um, and it's interesting when I talk to couples, because I have, I have older gay friend couples who a lot of people, it's something they get to later. Um, that it's something they consider after they've been together for a while. But I've always sort of felt like opening a relationship 
um, after it begins, which is different than starting as a polyamorous person, should be about the cherry on the top of your relationship, not a solution to a problem. Does that make sense? Interesting. Interesting. And there's also, you know, there's a lot of um, in, in my research, in my vast research of thruples, I have yes. found that a lot of thruples started out, two of them started out together and almost always the ones that I have known have yes. one of them has had a fling or or has fallen for somebody that usually is a lot younger than them and they bring it into the relationship. And again, I'm not judging that at all. It oh. seems to work for them. And I've seen some, I mean, I remember doing a show. Where was that? Down in, I came somewhere down in Florida. Oh, the Fort Myers. And I remember these like three just sitting on stage because they sold out and they put chairs on stage. And I had a little, you know, how I talk to people and they go, Yeah, we're all together. And I'm going, Yeah, good for you. Yes. That's John said, I became monogamous during the AIDS crisis, but I have since gotten more whatever. And also, you know, there's a difference too. I think there's some generational things because you look at younger people that are either eschewing labels or identifying as queer rather than something specific or that are considering themselves pan open to everything. Um, to me, it always comes back to communication and trust, right? It takes more trust probably to be able to be polyamorous, but mm -hmm. as long as you're communicating all the way through, if you set your expectations clearly up front or if you change them as you go along, you communicate as you change them, uh, then you just find the, the combination of things that work best for you. I just like one. I mean, just one. I, I mean, I, 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 whatever works, just I, come on. I would yes. be the third of a thruple. I would be, uh, you know, it's like I said in my stand up, which I got a little flack for. I, you know, my only hope now is a terminal illness. You know, you just kind of swoop in with a casserole when, when, when. <laughs> right at the end. Well, or as Summer said, I'm not, but I think it's valid. And a third person to help clean the house would be nice. <laughs> it's like <laughs> that's what you ask about. Now, do you are do you clean? Are you? <laughs> that's when you identify as a practical polyamorous. Well, I would. I. 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 I somewhere I agree with you. I do not want any mess in my house. No. No, ma'am. Uh. -uh no, ma'am. All right. Let's move on. Yeah. Uh, Emerson titles our little when he gives me the outline, and I don't usually read the the, the headlines, but. I love this one so much. He wrote, Dell, bathroom bullshit. So uh, this this is uh, Fred and Ethel's Lantern Light Restaurant and Tavern is in Galloway Township, New Jersey. And they have outside seating. And this weekend they had a middle school vice president whose name was Michael Smuro and his wife, Lisa Muro. Uh, Wait a second. I, one says Miro and one says, I think they must have the same name. <laughs> anyway, a patron recorded a video with the wife, Lisa, saying, there was a man pissing in the bathroom, in the women's bathroom. She's a man. She was in the women's bathroom. She's a man. The woman recorded it and says, please take your house and hate elsewhere. And then Lisa looked at the table recording as she, and she says, she's a man. How are you okay with that? Then husband Michael comes up out of the background and he says, here you go, pal. And he throws the beer from his plastic cup at the table. Sweet, sweet couple. They started to leave as Michael yells, now you can come out. 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 Uh, another uh, person on the patio said, get the fuck out of here, you piece of shit. That's assault. Ooh, he got nasty. Then Lisa later told reporters that in the bathroom, their feet, this is so interesting to me how she, she, she worked on the pronouns, their feet were facing the totally wrong direction and was clearly a man. Michael now says, I allowed my emotions to get in the way of my normally sound judgment and reacted in a way that was inappropriate. And the Neptune school district where he works condemned the video but it doesn't say that they fired him, which he should have been fired. Restaurant owner, Tony Coppola, and y'all don't mess with a Coppola. He said that people can use the bathroom they feel most comfortable in and said, everybody's welcome in our restaurant. Hate's got no place to go in our society. There's too much hate right now. So anyway, it was quite the brouhaha in New Jersey. I'm fascinated because they didn't, nobody else saw this woman in the bathroom. 
But also, like, what are you doing staring at the feet of the person next door? Like, she's some Larry Craig checking under the divider. If it's a women's bathroom, it stalls only. Leave that person alone regardless. Well, let me ask you this. I mean, let's just play devil's advocate. You got a cold. You got a little stopped up. A woman could go in a bathroom or, a, I mean, anybody could blow their nose. I mean, there was a, there was a big leap, you know? I love, I love that she leaped and you leaped further to like, oh, she was blowing her nose. But I'm just saying, it's like, why did you, you're looking for trouble. That's my point. Just shut the fuck up, pee, poop, wash your hands, go back and eat your fish tacos. That would they sell Fred and Ethel. Somebody asked, yes, that is the name of it. Also, my favorite thing is when you discover typos for the first time live on the show. Well, I read so fast when I'm going over, but I did I did is it Muro or Smuro? I want to know. I don't know. Don't look. Well, I'm gonna go with Muro. It sounds but I would think it would be really hysterical if someone said, you know, I'll take all but one letter of your name. Yes, I'm only taking part of it. So that extra makes no sense. For me, it would be perfect. My my husband, my new husband, this is Daniel Hors. Also, wait, Erica pointed out there's some women who taught themselves to pee standing up. So leave people alone in the bathroom. Thank you, Erica. But also, and this middle school principal, boss principal, uh reacted in a way that was inappropriate. His normally sound judgment. Y'all, this video, he throws this beer and he's basically all but pounding his chest in the parking lot. My normally sound judgment. Shut up. But why, but why did the school board not fire him? Do you think that's to come? I hope well, yeah, that doesn't that happen overnight. You can't I hope we hear a follow-up on this that he fired. Day. Well, we've reached the halfway point of our show. We appreciate those of you that choose to give up your time and your week to tune in live with us. And to those of you who are now subscribed to the podcast and listen to it later. Uh, because also people tip later, and I appreciate that. Uh, if you are sitting on money you don't know what to do with and you appreciate our efforts, uh, we made $6 on Tuesday's show. <laughs> people have gotten a little used to this. Um but you can send us a tip on Venmo to at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to beardcollinshoresproductions at gmail.com. Thank you to Rob and Bob and Erica who have contributed today. It's already a much more show. Um, I'd well, like Emerson, Emerson last, last week, because I get these, you know, I get my old SAG residuals. They just come into uh -huh. my bank and it said, you have a residual. And I, I pop it 16 cents. So with the $3, I got, I made th last week, I made $3 and 16 cents. And now if you take the $3 I made from Tuesday's show and divide it across the 10 hours that I spend pulling the stories <laughs> and writing them so that you can read them aloud for the first time on the show and then cutting the, the audio down to load it to the podcast and write the description and pull the clips, I make, I made like 20 cents an hour for Tuesday's show. That's real but, good. And then you donated to all those causes. I know. And then I gave $20 to the Knights and Orchids Society in Alabama. So I'm ne negative for you. You're in the red. Me. You are in the red, Emerson. I did. We do this because we love it. And I do this because social media makes my brain bleed. And this is the one place I really enjoy talking about what I think about stuff. And we really are grateful to all of you that entertain us watching live. And to the subscribers, the numbers are continuing to climb. Uh, so thank you all. Yes, we got a bunch of new subscribers this week. So thank you all who are subscribing to the podcast. Subscribe, subscribe. I, I'm getting some, um, I actually got a little text from my friend Patrick and Kevin. He said, because he has two, they have, to, I was going to say two twins, that's redundant. And they said, we now listen to it. Because huh? we, we, they can just, you know, subscribe. Yeah. Subscription. And as pay, payment to the live audience who chooses to be here, uh, I just wanted to share with everyone Ricky Martin on the cover of Magazine's 40th issue. What? I just said hello to Ricky Martin. Oh, you said hello because I was off on the other screen and sounded like, uh-oh. Ricky hello. Martin, he is 49 years old. He bleached his beard and like the things that these photos make me feel. I just wanted to share it with all of you. And to our later listeners, you can find it on Ricky's Twitter page. So just a little visual gift for the live group. 
I'm going to start saying that because my beard is completely gray now. I'm just because I bleached my beard. I just all bleached I could, my beard. I, all I could think was the amount of maintenance. Like, with how, like y'all, I shaved this morning and you can see I it. Did too. We had um, to do that DVD thing. So we both shaved. It was shaving. I we can never see yours, which is my point. Like, you can see mine immediately. Like, the amount of work dark haired guys would have to do to maintain a bleached beard. Good for you, Mr. Martin. I'm grateful. It's easier for blondes to do drag too, I guess. All right. You know, I want to ask y'all a question. Listen up, gather around, listen up. Is if is everyone who's vaccinated that's listening right now, are you ready to go back into bars when they open? Uh, are, are they open where you are? Want to know, are they open? Uh, they, they, we, we've got some open here, uh, high top, you know, the outside with the, but I don't think the inside ones are open yet. Uh, but before the pandemic, we saw a lot of bars going away. 37% of our bars between 2007 and 2019 have closed. So we, we've shared many of those closing during this pandemic and fundraisers for many to stay open, which thankfully a lot of them were safe because of the loyalty that their patrons had. But they're starting to reopen now. And now some new ones are appearing. Uh, que Rico, a club and restaurant opened earlier this week in Oakland, California, is hosting a new drag show. It's very popular, too. Another bar and lounge, Town, opens there soon. In Denver, oh, I love the name of this one, Tide End. Tide End just opened as the major, first major gay sports bar in Denver, planning to partner with LGBTQ sporting leagues for event. So, and then uh, right here in LA, Lance Bass recently announced that he signed a lease on the building that once housed Rage. So see what Lance does with that. I know he's a co-owner of Rocco's as well, which is right across the street. Yes. Erica said the Rose Room opens tonight. Rob said open in Tulsa for a while. Becca's already been. Ken said they've been open for a while, even the dance bars. But Brent said, not quite ready for that. Zana said, we're only vaccinated on the original, not the variants. I'd still be careful. Uh, Becca said, Texas out and LA outdoor patios. John said, yes, I will go. And my best friends own several of the Louis, Louisville area bars. Nashville's open. Kelly said, comfortable going into restaurant, not bars yet. I'll tell you, I walked past because like in my neighborhood, I did go out for a little while without a mask the other day. And now I'm carrying it in my pocket because I got to a crosswalk and, you know, I was standing away from a guy, but I don't want people to feel uncomfortable. So now I'm right. carrying it and put it on. But I walked past Foo Bar that's at the end of my street and the doors were open and stacks of liquor. And I thought when they're ready, you know, seeing how we handle like the distance and capacity and things, I'm ready to be able to be in a space with a little more of our community. Uh, where are you on it? Uh, I want to go. I mean, I was thinking, you know, it was so interesting when you did this story. I was thinking about my um, my level of depression, which happens. It's like I um, there's there's something called um, um, sundowners, which is like Alzheimer's only after the sun goes down. Well, I get yeah. kind of depressed after the sun goes down. I go, oh, God, what am I going to watch tonight or am I going to read or, you know, I'm about here by myself and uh so with, you know, the three little bitches that after a while, it's just like Gracie is not communicating well these days. She's being an asshole. And uh, so I thought, you know what? I am going to start looking for things like tomorrow night. I'm thinking even if I go alone, I may go uh, to uh, the, there's a there's a, a theater open and it's showing all the Oscar shorts, which I didn't see any of the Oscar shorts at 745. And it's like an hour. And I thought, you know, what? I'll do that. And uh, have me some popcorn, you know, just, just I just want to get out, Emerson. I went, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's interesting. So, Bob said, I'll not go into bars because of COVID. However, I will go into bakery. Good for you, Bob. I understand I, I, that. We all have the things we'll risk it for. But like, I'm not like, oh, I need to be like a giant dance floor thing. But I have definitely realized, you know, I think the nature of how we grew up and the shame in my sexuality, I'm always going to enjoy and gravitate at least sometimes towards specifically gay queer spaces. And Me I too. do, you know, and the first time they have that jockstrap night back down at Foo Bar, once every, you know, if our county healthcare says it's okay, 
I will be there. And if you don't call me, I'm going to be very upset because I have lots of good memories at Foo Bar. Oh, I love, I just love a, a bar that smells like sweat. I just oh, love well, it. It's a little bit like semen and sadness, but it makes my heart happy. I love Foo Bar. You know, I had that birthday party there. That's uh -huh. where I, I thought I tipped a, a dollar or five or something. And I was a hundred, oh. but. That, I was going to say, that's the one where you did. You thought you were giving it, what, Hugo, who was it? You know, it was you were, Peter. I think Peter. it was um, I thought you were giving a five or a 10, but it was a hundred. But I was okay with it. I was okay with it. They bring us great joy and they work hard. I love my go-go boys. I love them. So Erica, I want to fly to Dallas as soon as I can and go to the Rose Room. You in? I bet she is. All right, I'm next. The Rick Santorum, I don't like doing stories about him, yeah. particularly awful for him. He gave a speech uh, the other day to the Young America's Foundation Conference. And y'all, I'm sorry, but it's like, you know, people that put a flag on the back of their truck. When you need to say America in your thing, it tells me that you're trying to defend a specific kind of America. Um, and he just went on a racist rant, erasing Native Americans. He said, we came here and created a blank slate. We birthed a nation from nothing. I mean, there was nothing here. I mean, yes, we have Native Americans, but candidly, there isn't much Native American culture in American culture. Now, the National Congress of American Indians President Fawn Sharp called him an unhinged and embarrassing racist who disgraces CNN and any other media company that provides him a platform. Lots of people called for him to never appear there, which I have thought for years. And then they also reminded him of things we should have all learned in American history in high school. The Iroquois Confederacy existed. You know, the great council leaders addressed our Continental Congress and parts of our Constitution were definitely crafted based on them. I mean, that was stated at the time. But the best thing about every time Rick Santorum ends up in the news, and I want to share it, it gets to remind everybody about the fight that Dan Savage got into with Rick Santorum in 2003, where Dan started a contest for people to come up with a definition for Santorum. And the winning definition was the frothy mixture of lube and fecal matter that is sometimes the byproduct of anal sex. At the time, Dan Savage made a whole website, spreadingsantorum.com, to promote the definition. And they got it so far across the uh, internet that for years, anytime you Googled Rick Santorum, that definition was the first thing that came up. And I checked yesterday and it still comes up second right after his Wikipedia page. It's amazing. Um, I tweeted today because I like to tweet and, you know, promote our show. But I, I, I really want to know, because I'm a, you know, I'm a CNN junkie. I, I go back to MSNBC, but I, but CNN's my main guy. Uh, main gal, main guy. I, I feel like I, I, I'm friends with them all. Uh, and except him, I don't like him and I don't understand why they continue to have him on that show, especially after this. They got rid of Jeffrey Tubin for forgetting to stop his video when he was masturbating while he was in some boring meeting. And somehow I feel that what Rick Santorum did is such a violation of humanity. And, and I just don't understand how I want Jeffrey Tubin back. God damn it. Yeah. Well, it's also like when native people, when people of color talk about the concept of white supremacy and white people say, you know, I don't benefit from white supremacy. There's like a, like the KKK and like cross burnings and like the horrifying extreme physical examples of racism. This is literally white supremacy to stand up and say that nothing existed. There was nothing here before the white people arrived and made something is literally white supremacy. Yes. You know, white supremacy isn't just doing something specifically terrible to a non-white person. Like that is it. Ignoring that history existed, that people existed here. And it seems so basic. Um, but to just casually state that, like the arrogance of like, yeah, we made it all. There was nothing here. We didn't learn anything from anybody else. We invented everything that's ever been great and we're the greatest thing ever. Like, how does it benefit anybody to like lie about how we got here? I know. I, know. Jesus. I just feel sorry for all that gene pool of his. Anyway. All right. Uh, <laughs> it's awful. I'm awful. I hate, I hate all the, I hate all the centaurums. That I hate is not all. used to any listener. I just hate them.
Uh, okay, so let's- you know, Here's the reason I want y'all to help us get more subscribers and spread the word, because eventually, I just believe in my heart, one day we're gonna get big enough that those people are gonna start watching this show and I just can't wait to read the comments. <laughs> All right, okay, well, we love Hannah Gatsby and uh, man, if you didn't see that Netflix special, Nanette, and the follow-up, Douglas, you must. Nanette especially, it's so wonderful, it's so touching and it's, it's, it's stand-up at its very best it just ceases to be funny and then becomes so poignant. Anyway, she posted, uh, or I, I don't know how she, uh, do, 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 I, I'm scared that I'm not uh, saying the right pronoun, uh, but Hannah uh, posted a surprise uh, announcement that I believe she, she is right. She got married on uh, in January on Instagram. In, on Instagram, She says, I would like to introduce all y'all, I love that she's Australian, said y'all, to Jenny, uh, Shamash, she is a producer extraordinaire. Uh, she's very funny and is really talented at reciting facts. It's a joy to behold. We got married in January and we are very uh, chuffed about it. For the record, this is me gushing. <laughs> I'm full of very positive feelings. This is a nice story. Um, my heart felt thanks to everybody who voted for marriage equality in Australia and uh, I looked up chuffed because I just thought, well, I have not heard that one. I was down in Australia for a long time, but it means quite pleased. Yeah, I'm chuffed about it. So like- I'm chuffed. I'm gonna start using that. Let's start that. Let's try to start that going here in the state. You're just gonna start appropriating Australian culture. I am very chuffed about the show today, Emerson. I'm so glad for you. Um, and then in other nice little highlight news, Y'all, I tried today to do like, do you like, are you liking this? Some like longer discussions, some quick pops that, you know, don't got to drag on and on. I remember Gina Ortiz Jones. She ran in Texas to, for the House of Representatives in a district along the Texas border. Second time, she didn't win. The out lesbian Air Force and Iraq veteran. Uh, well, on Tuesday, the White House announced that President Biden has nominated her as Undersecretary of the Air Force, the second highest ranking Air Force role. And if confirmed, she would be the first woman of color to hold this position. So not elected in Texas, but still representing as a veteran. Uh, and so very exciting little update on Miss Jones. Yes, yes, yes. And um, this is the one y'all been waiting for. Uh, today, Emerson, I have to tell you, um, Beverly, I was talking to Beverly. She says, what's your show about today? And I told, I, I gave her the highlights and she said, well, you got me about that mandate in 35 minutes and Jesus's foreskin. That's <laughs> so, correct. So a Japanese man was recently arrested after reportedly dating 35 women all at the same time. It looks like he's wearing a wig. Uh, Takashi Miyaga, a part-time worker is, uh, well, how could he be a full-time with all that? dating is being investigated for defrauding these women by pretending to be in a serious monogamous relationship with each of them and faking his birthday to get presents all year long. By the way, today's my birthday. I don't know if y'all know that. Apparently, so y'all tip, tip accordingly. Uh, apparently he met the woman, the women while selling shower heads and water purifiers. Uh, in February, uh, the women joined forces to create a victims association and reported him to the police for the fraud. Police are reportedly investigating to find out whether any other women were taken in the alleged serial dating scheme. That is so much work. 35 just juggling and they all thought they would. I, I don't know how that is possible. They must not needed a lot of time, each one of them. Yep, I agree. I got to thinking, it just sounds exhausting. Oh. There is no amount of president presence for me to, like, there are 35 people. That's more than one a day, every day of the month, all year. So if you saw each of your girlfriends once a month, you've got to see at least one every single day. And the amount of presence it would require for me to even consider that, I mean, can you imagine what it must look like in his phone? Like what his Google calendar settings are? And the birthday, by the way, let's just be clear. I, someone said happy birthday in the in the comments. It's not my birthday. I was just making that shit up. I was going, oh, it's my birthday. It's my birthday. Uh -huh. 
Uh, well, you know, as some as who just said, as Brent just said, talk about polyamorous. I mean, Ooh. he's taken this to a whole new level. And the problem is, of course, he led each of them to believe they were monogamous. But how did he find 35 women who were fine with seeing him like bi-weekly at most? Or five times a day? I'm sorry, I'm rolling calls. <laughs> Literally. Like his Amazon wish list. I don't think that I could even come up with things I wanted fast enough to have a birthday that often. I'd start to be stressed out just trying to come up with not getting repeated presents. Absolutely. And I'm fascinated about the fraud part. I will, I will, I'm gonna continue to follow this story because I wanna know if they can win because like you're an asshole for lying to a bunch of people and then lying about your birthday. Uh, but if he didn't force you to buy him things and he just misled you and you chose to, I don't know that I mean, I feel bad for them, but I don't know that you get to win in court uh, because- For desperation. Right, um, I mean, I definitely feel for these women, but unless he pressured them in some way, you know, to, like you're an asshole, but I don't know that that's parts particularly against the law. Remember when Renee Zellweger uh, sued Kenny Chesney for divorce and her, she stated fraud? Yeah, wasn't that that weird? Like in, in Tennessee, you can only get divorced for like three reasons and they're all sort of weird. Like, wasn't that what became of that? Wasn't that the reason? Yes, yes, I don't know. Well, they never, there was a lot of speculation. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, Russell said, just imagine if you're pissing off one, you're probably pissing off and disappointing a whole bunch of them. I mean, like to keep 35 women happy. John said he must have watched Big Love. Like that is too many sister wives to be set to to be going along with. Oh, uh, yes. So I, we, what happened? What ha happened? What happened? Who, who was texting? You really want to know? Yes. Uh, Beverly D'Angelo said, "I'm stuck in Northridge. I can't find your show on YouTube. What's it called again?" <laughs> I said, it was important enough for us to all watch you read it. So I just thought we'd That's share it. Well, I'm trying to get her to watch us. Be like the replay later. It's just my favorite thing. Cause you, you're, you're as bad as me. When I get distracted, it is so clear in the sound of my voice. Oh, I know. Whether, or like I listen, whether or not I listen to the last thing you said, Blake gets so irritated. Cause we'll be having a conversation and I get an email from you or Stuart or somebody. And I'm suddenly gone from the conversation. And like three seconds later, I respond and he goes, uh-huh. My kids go to me when I'm on the phone, especially Caroline. She goes, uh, obviously you're distracted by something. I, I just wait now in real life. I just stare. Why? And wait at me. Because, yes. Because then you do this. <laughs> I'm sorry for our audience and uh, listening later. You can't see the performance. Well, but I did a lovely imitation of like a school kid getting caught with their hand in the cookie jar. Well, here's the here's the deal. On the show, here's here's the problem. Um, Emerson, like when he wants to be distracted, he'll go away. He'll just put me full screen. I don't have control of that shit. So mm -hmm. I can't ever, I just have to, oh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I like nodding my head, like, you know, those dogs in the back seat. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway. Um, and because when I'm getting distracted, I'm reading comments or preparing the, the tip information to type into the comment yeah. section. The, um, and I just adore it so much. It makes me smile. To those of you listening at home, to be clear, this is how we love. This is our love oh. language. Oh, we, we're uh, yeah. There's 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 no um, there's there's no, we we don't we don't sign off and like scream at each other. Uh -uh. We, we we never have. I don't think we've ever gotten in a, a fight over the show. Oh God, no. I mean, it's just like I mean, I don't paid for this. We have been working together since two thousand and six, and we could count on one hand how many like tiffs we have, and we both feel so awful about them afterwards. Like we're both- oh, The apology tour is so much longer than the actual fight. Okay, I made everybody wait long enough. Uh, yes, we gotta get through it. To talk about Jesus's foreskin. Y'all, the CBC radio network out of Canada has a series called Ideas from the Trenches. And their most recent episode is called The Taboo Relic. So go to CBC radio, you can listen to the whole thing 
but here's the summary. It features James White, a PhD student of history and religious study, and his thesis is called, I'm so obsessed with him, Ring of Flesh, the Late Medieval Devotion to the Holy Foreskin. Y'all, if you are getting a PhD and you figure out how to make it about a penis, you get my applause. Now, he talks on the show about Luke 2, 221, says Jesus was circumcised. White says Jesus, as a Jewish boy, was circumcised when he was eight days old. And in the Middle Ages, people (laughs) developed this idea that his foreskin might still exist on Earth, and they developed a devotion to it. Y'all, I have worshipped some penises in my day. I get it. But the, like, leftover foreskin, I'm not sure. During the Middle Ages... More than a dozen churches across Europe claimed to have the holy foreskin. For some reason, mostly in France. I don't know why the French, but I just love imagining that there's more than a dozen churches going, no, we have Jesus. No, we have, uh-uh, no it's no, here. Have, I'm like, also, what does it look like? Is it just like a weird little shriveled up piece of bacon? I mean, did he have a long foreskin to start with? Is it like a tiny little crusty calamari? You know, what are we talking about here? Um, So, one of the alleged foreskins was given from King Charlemagne to Pope Leo III in 799. Y'all, at this point, that is a roughly 800-year-old foreskin. And was it wrapped? Do you think he wrapped it up? It's a miracle. Like, what did they do? Also, can you imagine? Like, I hear about people eating placentas, you know, for nutritional, making it into paella. But who finishes a bris? Uh, and thinks, oh, we should keep that. Like, does it go in the baby book? Like, here's your foreskin a little later. Can you imagine turning the pages? Here's a lock of your hair and here's your foreskin. Anyway, I digress. It stayed uh, in the Vatican till the sack of Rome in 1527. Then supposedly was discovered 30 years later in a tiny village called Calcutta, just north of Rome. The local priest there would lead a procession around the village with the holy foreskin held high on January 1st every year. Now, I've done a lot of ridiculous things on New Year's, but I don't know if following around Jesus's foreskin is the thing I want to do on the the morning of the new year every year. And then this is my favorite part. They've kept in this village. They've been doing this for 800 years. In 1900, Pope Leo XIII issued a decree threatening excommunication to anyone who spoke or wrote about the holy foreskin. Y'all, they had gotten embarrassed about this. They felt like it made them look a little foolish. And he said, we are no longer talking about the leftover penis piece. That's it. We're done. Except the village of Calcutta was allowed to do their New Year's parade, every penis parade, every year. But then in 1983, a few years before the first, the local priest went to check on the foreskin. I guess they don't check on it often. It just sits in its little foreskin holder most of the year. And then they pull it out like the Christmas decorations. And it was missing. Missing. thought he gave it back to the Vatican secretly. Other believe it was stolen by Satanists or sold on the black market. But it has never been found. Y'all, they worshiped this holy foreskin for almost 2,000 years, and then they lost it in the 80s. Oh, I fell into a burning ring of flesh. I, went I mean, can, can you imagine if you showed up at somebody's house and they were like, oh, you can't tell anybody, but look, we've got Jesus's foreskin. I mean, if you buy something on the black market, what's the point? You can't show it off to anybody or you get arrested for stealing. But here's, here's the deal. After oh, reading this story, I'm like, QAnon... It's nothing compared to this shit. If you believe this shit, that's just like, you're just stupid. They, well, you know, I mean, Jewish jerky, as Mark Riddle called it, you know, people love to affix on a thing. I mean, I know relics were really big in the Middle Ages, but of all the things to declare to worship. That, yeah, I want to add a piece of his penis. I just had like this this image in some movie. There was a bris where the dog ran off with the foreskin. Am I wrong about that? I am not familiar with this, but if it is real, uh, somebody please find out. Erica, get on the Google. <laughs> if there is a movie where a dog runs off with the fleshy leftover, either bit. a dog or a cat. I don't. I feel like I, I. I don't think I'm wrong. I think there's something happened. What would you do if you rolled up to like a dinner party and somebody was like? Oh, you know, appetizers in a book. Come back here. 
come back here. I want to show you this thing we bought. This is Jesus's foreskin. And we're Satanist. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, the Satan, the Satan, you know, somebody probably ate it. That's what, you know, that's what happened. You know, you so could start so a new many. tradition though. It could be, you know, when they, when they do it at the bris, they could, they could toss it like a bridal bouquet. I was going to say, I don't think it got embalmed like the Egyptians. I feel like it is probably not held up well. Oh, Xana said, meet the Fockers. His foreskin ended up in the fondue. Oh, okay. So it wasn't a dog. The foreskin foibles have been explored. Well, there you go. You waited for the story and Emerson delivered it. I hope it was. Oh, wait. And I want to show y'all one last little thing because they there's a bunch of in the in the story that I read on it. There are also a whole lot of paintings and artwork devoted to Jesus's circumcision. And that's just awkward. The circumcision of Christ. Detail from 12 Apostles Altar painted by Friedrich Erlen of Nürlingen in 1466. I just feel like I'd feel a little weird spending that much time painting a penis. And that knife, that blue knife. Oh, no. Um, we have. We've reached the end of our show. Once again, if you want to send us a tip, you can do that on Venmo to at Emerson Collins or on PayPal to BeardCollinsShoresProductions at gmail.com. Thank you to Becca Rose, who just sent hers in as well. As well. Oh, well, there's no drag race tonight. You got a fun weekend planned? Well, I do. I'm going to do a little movie night. I think, uh, you know, it's going to start start watching classic movies with a couple of friends. And uh, uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's, I think, is tonight. Oh, nice. I love that. Uh, well, good. I think Drag Race Down Under starts this weekend, so I will be jumping into another round of Drag Race. Very oh, you just can't give it up. Oh, I can't. I could be on every day of the week, and I'd watch it like it was soaps. But however you spend your weekends, we thank you all for listening, whether you join us live and comment along uh, or whether you are listening back later. We appreciate your subscriptions, your support and your tips. Enjoy your weekend. Take care of yourselves and we'll see you on Tuesday. Thank you all. Bye. Bye now.